to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but the twist is, is that we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me go ahead and uh, introduce the crew, guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have Major Travis Yates all the way from uh, Tulsa, recently retired. So thanks for being on the show, Major. Appreciate it. Also, Officer Danny King from the Las Vegas area. And, uh, yeah, he is with AmericanPatrolman.com. Of course, Travis Yates, he's easy, TravisYates.org. Thanks, guys. A shout-out to our sponsors. And, guys, please support our sponsors, the people that are going out on a limb to bring you this good quality content. We have Galls at Galls.com slash Leo, AUFire.com, Gunler.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.live. Also, a shout-out to Brian Burns with the free press at TampaFP.com. Thanks for carrying our content. Ray Dietrich with redvoicemedia.com. You know, we're streaming to eight locations. Three of those are Facebook pages that belong to Red Voice Media. They have about a million followers on those three Facebook pages alone. So thanks to Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Now, guys, sorry about yesterday's show. We had extremely, extreme technical difficulties. We're going to be doing, look, look, yeah. And I'm not even going to point any fingers. I know Travis and I are going to both point fingers at Danny. Of course, Danny had nothing to do with it. But uh, so I, I apologize. We're going to be doing the show that we should have done yesterday. We've got some fantastic topics. And uh, so thanks for bearing with us. Um, producer Will uh, put together something at the last minute to uh, to put on our uh, Rumble channel at 9 o'clock this morning. So thanks, uh, Will, for doing that for us. So, look, without wasting any more time, we've got uh, we've got a couple of really hot topics that we're going to be talking about today. So the first one is at lawofficer.com. It's called Fighting Evil. Um, Chief Joe Schultz wrote this article. And look, there's they don't come any better than Chief Joel Schultz. So he is he is spot on, and he's got his his uh, his his finger on the pulse of the law enforcement, you know, as we know it. And he says that there is, in no doubt, in his mind, that it does exist. And he's talking about evil because he, like most cops, has seen it at work. And it is true that as law enforcement officers, we see a lot of things that other people don't see. We see a lot of things that other people should not see. And he says that I could relate to a hundred cases that would uh, titillate Americans seemingly endless fascination fueling the true crime industry and the category of horror movies, which is true. After serving five years for the coroner's office, he does not find these things entertaining. And he goes on to say that he's uh, not condemning the audience for these stories or even the oddly grotesque fun at murder mystery parties by the most um, innocent of participants, but it speaks somehow to our collective fascination with evil, and maybe by analyzing, gasping, or even laughing, we can distance ourselves from the realities of real-life horror. He goes on to say that he'll leave that to the philosophers, theologians, and to the therapists. Now, he goes on to say that there's some moments where evil is uh, palpable. It talks about you can almost smell it, and, and the fear that it evokes goes beyond the everyday courage required to walk in and the dangers that are unknown. It might be the altar of a drug dealer with candles that are burning to a narco saint uh, venerated by criminals, or it could be the haunting text of a suicide note, the callous disregard for the pain of a victim viciously being attacked by a bad guy, the fine hairs on your back of your neck um, standing up, or the brain setting alarm signals uh, while you're trying to find a rational reason for the fe- for the feelings you're experiencing. And there may be a perfectly scientific reason for those feelings and for the violence, harm, and callousness of some criminal behavior, but the frontline police officers who confront evil on a day-to-day basis, they know it when they see it. And, and I, I have to wholeheartedly agree with that. Travis Yates. Yeah, this is what, this is probably the defining issue 
in what is causing so much chaos around the country. Not evil. Evil has existed since the beginning of time. But what is the philosophy and the ideology from some of the leaders in this country is that evil doesn't exist. It's that if somebody has done something wrong or that maybe perceived evil, it's not that person's fault, so to speak. It's the society's fault. It's an environment's fault. It's it's they had to climb uphill both ways, so to speak, in life. And so they've really had to battle this. And you see this speak coming from politicians. For instance, during the riots, you'd hear politicians talk about how, you know, they're just expressing their anger and maybe they have a hungry family at home. There's never any awareness or acknowledgement that evil exists. Of course, law enforcement knows that. Of course, doctors know that. Of course, people that work in first responder worlds know that. They see it. The only time the general public sees it generally is in the media, in Hollywood. And that infatuation is pretty odd considering so many people actually don't believe it exists if they do applaud it. There's an unfortunate uh, fact that the Grand, Grand Theft Auto, which is a video game that glorifies murdering and and a bunch of other things I can't even mention here on radio, is the number one selling uh, entertainment enterprise in the history of mankind. Every Hollywood movie, every radio, the Beatles, for goodness sakes, they beat them all by far. It's in the hundreds of billions of dollars, and it grows yearly. That enterprise has been out about 20 years. And you have to ask yourself, well, how is that? Those are kids playing that game. And, even, and I, don't, I don't consider Danny a kid, but there is at least one adult that likes to play that game. And this is – I'm not going to put my conspiracy hat on. I looked around for it today, and I'm all conspiracy theory out because they've all come true. But I would say this. You hear Dave Grossman discuss this a lot about the effects of the violent culture on society. And there's no question when you look at the increase in, in violence, increase in mass shootings, increase in school shootings, there's no, there's no question that there's a segment of society that maybe – mentally ill anyway, evil in their heart anyway, that this thing sort of provokes them. You know, I, I think obviously the 99.9% of Americans can partake in watching this stuff and they don't actually, it doesn't actually trigger them, but enough do. Now, I'm not calling for censorship. We've been very clear about that. I don't believe in that, but I think it is emblematic on the society we're in. And it's also emblematic on why these communities are so out of control when it comes to crime, because the people that are making policy in those communities actually don't believe that evil exists, even though they actually enjoy it when they go home and watch it on TV. So it's really odd. Uh, it's something that Americans should pay attention to. This is unique to America, by the way. You, when, you, when you travel around the world, you don't see this type of thing. You don't see, you don't see, number one, you don't see the type of violence oftentimes in America, but you don't see, uh, you know, television showing a lot of this stuff. In fact, uh, Hollywood regularly has to edit their movies when they take these movies overseas because those governments are like, we're not showing that to our people. Now, once again, I don't believe in censorship, but I do th I do believe that it's emblematic to what is we're witnessing. Uh, you know, fantasy is reality oftentimes. And I just think it's something that America should be concerned about. Parents should be concerned about. We hand these devices to our kids as soon as they can walk and it's opening them up to everything. Right. So uh, I just think that we really need to take responsibility. The adults in the room, which is the adults and you know, it's some of the adults, actually, the adults are also messing up this country, but the adults need to really take responsibility for this and understand that is there for a reason. There's a reason why GTA is the biggest selling product. These are not good things to brag about, but that's where we are today in America. So, 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 so thanks. Thanks, Dr. Dr. Travis. Um, but Danny, I mean, are we talking about just people doing wrong? Or are we talking about a different level? I mean, is evil just a, 
uh, on the grading scale? Are we talking about people just making mistakes and doing wrong things? Are we talking about people that are inherently evil, they think, plan, and, and this is what they, they live for? We're talking about both, and it's hard to believe that there's true evil out there for a person who doesn't live in our world, uh, but we've all met, and most police officers have met, people that are evil, not people that are on hard times, not people that are temporarily incensed. I'm talking about just pure evil people. Now, whether they're just evil or mentally insane, um, sometimes you can't tell the difference, but as a police officer, you're going to meet both of those. You know, I was uh, thinking as Travis was talking, I have friends uh, across the world in law enforcement, and they are absolutely stunned by the violence in the United States. Uh, you have this first world um, nation that is so incredibly depraved in some areas, they just can't believe it, right? I don't think there's a country that loses as many police officers as the United States or is attacked or shot. And there's some really hairy, seedy countries out there. But uh, in the United States, uh, the violence against law enforcement is crazy. The homicide rate amongst ourselves, 15,000 Americans a year, I think, are murdered. It's just insane. And every time there's a murder, every time there's some type of depraved killing, there's a law enforcement officer that's there at that scene trying to manage it. And so, you know, what we're seeing is only going to get worse. And I will tell you this again, I'm not railing against the, the marijuana industry. But when you start dealing with individuals that are um, using recreational marijuana and the the dosages that are legally allowed, like here in the state of Nevada, people flip out to a degree that you've never seen before. So, um, yeah, it is what it is at this point, unfortunately. And I'm not sure what the answer is, but it's going to get worse. You know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Yates, one thing I love about police officers, besides their sense of humor and, uh, I mean, you've got to admit, I mean, you know, and, and I, one thing I will point out, I was surprised when Danny started talking, he talked about um, that he has friends all over the country or all over the world. I thought I was, I, I wasn't aware of that. I was pretty fascinated by that, but I'm, but, I'm surprised he has friends in his own city, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, but, but I don't have friends in my own city, by the way. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. Well, that would make a little bit more sense now, but you know, cops everywhere, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll put a parable here, a, a word picture, as Dr. James Dobson would say. You probably know him. He's a doctor, too, Travis. But, uh, but anyhow, what Dr. James Dobson, he does these word pictures. And, and it's, like, it's like a parable, if you will. So when, when my wife and I go out, most people don't have the capability to think like a bad guy, right? And I'm talking about evil in its purest sense, right? But cops amazingly do. And so everywhere we go, and I'm talking about Leo's, we are always brought, look, we don't act on, and I'm not saying we don't have it. We're not tempted. We don't have impulses to do horrible things, but we think about these horrible things. And we think about the, the wackos that are in the society around us that may be thinking, and we know they're thinking the same thing we're thinking about. Wow. I, I wasn't screened for a gun before I got in here. There's hundreds of people in the small area. And if I had a gun and ammo, I could take them out. Or, you know, of course we usually have guns and ammo, but we think about what a bad guy would do. And it's just, after being in law enforcement, we just have the capability, and we can't get away from it. We, we cannot run it. I think it's a good thing, but people around us, they, they, they just don't get it or understand it. It drives my wife absolutely freaking crazy, but, uh, but we'll talk more about this when we come back. It's our time for our first commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, guys, if you're watching the show for any amount of time, you're aware of the new goals at goals.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear 
And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett, always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't checked out the new Gauls lately, please go to Gauls.com slash Leo and check it out. And look, it's not just Leos they have stuff for. I mean, our, our hose-dragging friends, fire the firefighters, they've got stuff for firefighters and military as well. So if you have family, friends, and loved ones that are involved in these professions, please go to Gauls.com slash Leo and, and hook them up. They even have gift cards. And, of course, we've been giving away, you know, gift cards on the show. We're going to be giving away some more, uh, some more tomorrow. And their uniform program is second to none. If you have an agency and you need a good uniform program, Gauls.com slash Leo. So, guys, don't wait. Go to the day, Gauls.com slash Leo. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we're talking about evil. It's an uh, article that Joel, Chief Joel Schultz wrote at lawofficer.com. And, and we left off where I was just talking about how cops have the unique ability to think like bad guys. And I'm watching our stream. We have Far Sights. He's uh, one of the streamers, you know, said that he can. He has the capability of thinking like a bad guy. I'm hoping that it's not because you're a bad guy, Far Sights, and because maybe you're a Leo or maybe you're just gifted in that area, but it drives my wife absolutely crazy. I know, uh, I know that, that Travis and Danny, you know, both have the capability as well. But when we're around people that are just regular people, they just, people that aren't exposed to the, to the crap that we've been exposed to, they don't understand it. There are a lot of, there's a lot of shock and surprise, you know, when these things go down. And for the most part, I got to say that I'm usually not surprised when these bad things go down because, you know, I kind of, you know, we kind of expect it not to be a uh, conspiracy theorist or anything, but any, any final notes on this topic guys, before we, uh, before we move on. Danny. Well, you know what? That's, that's one of the things that's tough as a law enforcement officer is you can go 99% of your life as a, a civilian and you'll have no problems. But for law enforcement officers, you've seen the absolute depravity of some people that happen without notice at, you know, it, for no reason at any moment. And so when you're walking around the mall or when you're walking around uh, a department store, you just know that at any moment something can go upside down. And if you let it, it'll drive you crazy. Now, you're, you're so right. You know, I'm just looking at some of the comments on the stream and Farsight is putting prisons are just an adult babysitting service. And, you know. We haven't really gone the mental illness angle. Uh, when I first got into law enforcement, we had mental health facilities everywhere. And, and now and where we actually treated or, or made an attempt to treat mental illness, right? Um, and, and, of course, today we still institutionalize uh, people that have mental illness, but it's not in mental health facilities. It's in prison, and, and we're, we're not treating the problems. And, and that would go, I personally believe, a long way in curbing the stats, you know, that, you know, that, you know, Travis was talking about, uh, you know, that, that mental health issue that we're simply not dealing with. Yeah. Here's the thing, Chip, we're never going to stop evil. Uh, the book I read says it's existence at the beginning of time. It's going to exist till the end of our time until eternity, but we can mitigate it and we can control it. But there's a perfect storm going on in America right now. Uh, Danny mentioned the legalization of marijuana. Well, it doesn't take a genius to know that the side effects of marijuana is psychosis, especially at high doses. Okay. You combine that with the complete lack of attention to the mental health in this country. Uh, when I became a cop 30 years ago, if we can, if we suspected somebody's mentally ill, we take them off the street for three days, put them in an actual hospital. 
no questions asked. You couldn't do that today pretty much anywhere in this country. And, and then you combine that with the ideology that jails aren't good for people and we don't want to lock people up. Well, the only way evil doesn't commit crime is behind bars. That's why we saw the crime plummet in the 90s. They're just people that will not behave. They're violent individuals, and you've got to put them behind bars so they don't commit violence. And when you let them out of bars, they go right back to committing violence. And so when we all that's come together, and then you see the environment we're in. So the good news is, that's the bad news. The good news is we can get that back, but we have to have an acknowledgement that bad people actually exist. And for some people, the only way to stop their behavior is to put them in prison. Thank you. Thank you. If people don't get that there are, there are individuals out there, they're every waking moment, they're constantly thinking about something bad to do. When I say bad, I'm just talking about they walk outside and they see an old lady walking with a purse and immediately they do, they'll look around to see if anybody's walking. They're thinking about a strong arm robbery or maybe a arm robbery using a, a gun, you know, somewhere else, or maybe some way to um, circumvent the system and, and still tax, you know, uh, refunds from other people or, you know, lying about something being in the food so they get a free meal or walking out the door, you know, without paying. I, I mean, there, there are people that literally, and I'm talking, that's just on a light scale. There are people talking about I mean, that think about, you know, carjacking and, and, or, or maybe they're, you know, need money for a, you know, a, a drug habit that they've got, um, that they're addicted to. I mean, there's just so many people out there that they constantly think about things like this. Most people cannot even fathom, cannot even fathom that, or maybe even doubt that there's people like that. And they, and they just forget. And there's only one way to deal with people like that. You can't deal with them like rational human beings. Danny, final words. Yeah, you know, Chip, I worked on a, a problem-solving unit uh, where if in my jurisdiction you repeated crimes and you were deemed to be a problem, if you think about the problem that's going on in the United States today and all the crime, me and my boys used to roll out. We would set up a, a um, uh, essentially a plan, uh, and we would make those people disappear. We would uh, follow them, watch them commit crimes. We would make sure that we documented everything. And then we'd send them to prison and you no longer had that problem. You know, we're never going to solve the crime problem. We're never going to solve the drug problem, but there's a lot of problems we're not going to solve. That's not the issue. Um, but we can make problems disappear if the public wants us to. And I think a lot of the public is now looking in and they want us to fix those problems. We can do it if you let us. Thanks. Final yeah, words, just, Travis? yeah. Just for the record, it was Danny King that said the word boy and not Travis Shades. I get accused of a lot of things that should not be one of them. But, but we Did have, I say boy? you said you're, you and your boys, you and your boys, oh. I took, a, I was trying not to take offense to that. And of course, you know, people, people that aren't, that aren't watching the show, we got audio listeners, you know, uh, Danny King is a black male, <laughs> you know, but, but, but he's, I don't know what he identifies at as, but he's a black yeah. male. But he's I don't make any assumptions of who Danny King is. All I know is I didn't say it and I get accused <laughs> of everything. Okay. So listen. We've, we've eliminated repeat offender programs in departments. We've eliminated street crimes units in departments. We've eliminated violent offender units in the programs. And, and because what Danny just said isn't even happening in most major cities. Even though there's a small segment of that city committing all this crime, which Dallas PD and Chief Garcia has recognized and went after them, but he's the only one with the guts to do it because everyone's scared of offending somebody. And I was just joking about what Danny said because everybody's offended about everything. Yeah. If you truly want a safer community, quit be offended about who's committing crime and not about everything else. Thank you. We're, great words. Uh, guys, moving along. And, and this next topic, you know, we're going to like. 
We've got some people with some stones on police one. We have several Illinois sheriffs that are declining to enforce a new gun law. Now, now listen, we're in Illinois, so it, it, it may, I don't know how popular the decision is in Mount Vernon, but in Mount Vernon, several Illinois sheriffs have stated that their offices will not enforce a new gun restriction according to the KSDK. So the Protect Illinois Communities Act, because apparently it's not been ruled unconstitutional yet, it was going into effect on January the 1st, effectively banning 170 different types of guns as well as high capacity magazines. So stay tuned and listen to what these sheriffs are doing. You guys will be impressed. We'll be right back. All right, guys, are you struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures? Or what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to bluethegold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines in the clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give this training for free thanks to bluethegold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, next week, they're talking about drones, LPRs, and pole cameras. Wow. So sign up at bluethegold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. So AU Fire stands for Accuracy Under Fire and it's at aufire.com. Now, AU Fire is the gold standard in tactical simulation. And for the first time ever, agencies and Leos can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, and other objects in AU Fire's dynamic force-on-force scenarios. If you've ever wondered how to train your officers in real-world situations or you know, wish that you can improve their decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills, go to aufire.com, watch the cool videos, aufire.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So, you know, we left off talking about some Illinois sheriffs, you know, and, and how they feel about this new Protect Illinois Communities Act. So uh, it went into effect January the 1st. It bans about 170 different types of guns and also high-capacity magazines. So here's what uh, Jefferson County Sheriff Jeff Bullard said. He said, I've deemed it from my understanding of case law as unlawful or valid on its face. And that's what he told KSDK. My office will not be taking any action on this. They're not going to enforce it. Now, he, he goes on to say that the new law requires the firearms owner identification or FOID card holders register to register any banned weapons that they have with the state of Illinois. The Illinois State Police have reported that of the 2.4 million cardholders that are in the state, 30,000 of those guys have registered that they have a banned weapon so far. Now, here's what Sheriff uh, Jack Campbell told KSDK. He's with, uh, I guess, uh, Sangamon County. He said, I notified the chiefs in my county that if the only charge that they have against somebody is that they fail to register their weapon, that we are not going to accept them in the jail. So even if other sheriffs or police chiefs arrest these people and that's the sole charge, he's not going to let them in his jail. So failing to register a banned weapon will lead to a misdemeanor charge on the first offense. It's going to be a felony offense on the second one. Uh, the decision to charge anyone found in violation of the Protect Illinois Communities Act, it's left up to the individual state's attorneys, according to the report. Wow. I know. Uh, I know you guys have feelings about this, Travis. You want to start us off? Well, there's that act and the Safe Key Act, which is a statewide act in Illinois. It's it's already destroying that state. Uh, you you have to have no brain cells to not read that act and know uh, what is coming and what is already there. Uh, and it's interesting how liberal politicians, which is what the state of Illinois is, including their governor, who's one of the worst governors of all time, because uh, he can't open his mouth without lying. Um, it's amazing to see how they use language to to kind of trick people. It's the safe 
Act. It's the Protect Your Community Act. When it's exactly the opposite, that's really how every citizen listening to this should treat their politicians. When they tell you something, treat them like the media and think the opposite is true until you can find out for yourself. It's really unfortunate and it's really amazing because these politicians live in that state as well. And listen, as far as your sheriffs go, I applaud sheriffs and leaders standing up doing the right thing. And just like we can use discretion with border and we don't have to, we don't arrest people at the border because that's discretion. These sheriffs have every right to use their discretion on this as well. I do have a little bit of an issue because it reeks a little bit of the constitutional sheriffs. Now, listen, I believe in the constitution. I love the sheriffs that are in that, that claim they're constitutional sheriffs, but I think that's a fine line here. The constitution is judged by the courts. Just like when all the vaccine stuff happened and all those things started getting appealed to the courts, saying it's unconstitutional. Yeah, it took a couple of years for all the courts to say, yeah, you can't fire people for not taking an experimental shot. It's unconstitutional. But it took years to do that. I think it's smart for the, for the sheriff to just come out and say, we're not going to accept this because there's a constitutional problem. We're going to wait for the courts to decide it. And if the courts do come back and say it's constitutional, I would expect they're probably going to have to reverse their decision uh, because that is the arbitrator. That. That's all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. I have no idea what the circuit would say in Illinois or in, in that area, but the U.S. Supreme Court is where that would end up. And so I think it's a pretty good move. It's, and quite frankly, it's something we need to start doing. When something dumb is happening, we just need to not play the game. Right. And so I really applaud what's going on here. We have to do it more uh, because that's sometimes the only way people will get, you know, they'll be able to pay attention. Interesting. Danny. Yeah, I agree. Um, in law enforcement, there's just because a law is passed and on the books, it doesn't mean that that law is lawful as odd as, odd as it sounds. Right. Um, usually when it goes up to the legislature, they have attorneys review it and they, they believe it's it's reasonable. Uh, however, there have been many laws in the last few years that have been passed, enforced, and then when it went to the Supreme Court or some governing body uh, or a court, they said, no, this is completely unlawful. And so it's well within their discretion, uh, like you mentioned, that if they believe it's unreasonable, it's their duty to not enforce that law. You know, when COVID happened, um, our deputy chief and uh, at the time came in and said, listen, we are going to enforce these proclamations by the governor. Um and we will target, or excuse me, we'll not target. We will cite people for uh, not wearing masks. We will yeah. cite people for um, clustering in groups. And, uh, you know, all the cops are like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. So, um, you know, it, it happens. And I, I applaud these guys. I don't know anything about the law, but uh, I hope they've done their due diligence. And if, if they believe that that's the right thing to do, which, by the way, Chip, what's the difference between a chief of police and a, and a sheriff? Well, once elected and once appointed. That's right. Uh, if a chief ch decides not to enforce that law, that mayor can boot them out immediately. But uh, a sheriff answers to the people because he's been voted in by the people. Well, uh, well, well, Travis, um, I don't know. I, I, I listened to everything that that, uh, that Danny said, but he kind of had me. I'm still thinking about the boys, and now now he he introduced targeting into this last one so I, I just don't know where i'm just i'm just like all all perplexed now oh I, hey i forgot uh i'm taking a poll in the comments uh whether oh, i no. should come back on the show with these clowns um <laughs> yeah, drop your comment yeah danny, uh, let me know if i'm coming danny back. <laughs> danny already bought i hate chip.com and he's rolling out his new podcast <laughs> oh, tomorrow. Wow. i declined to be on it by the way chip because i do respect you. you but but You'll what danny back. said is 
the citizens need to understand that. Absolutely. Just because of laws on the books doesn't mean it's constitutional. The legislature is not bound. They're not lawyers. They're not, they're, they don't have the arbitrators of the Constitution. They're arbitrators a lot of times of a bunch of stupid stuff that the courts turn around in the long, in the long run. And so Danny's right. And here's, a, here's one example, and I hate to do a show without talking about consent decrees, but a, a, a federal government taking over a local police department is unconstitutional. I can read the Tenth Amendment. I can read federalism. It is clear as day that the Department of Justice cannot control a lo local agency unless we permit them to. You can permit somebody to violate your constitution all day long. So I am trying to get somebody somewhere that the, when the DOJ comes to town, that they just close the door and say, take us to court, because that will start the constitutional process to get wow. rid of one of the most damaging things ever done to this country, which is which is what it, consent decrees do. Uh, they don't reform. They burn cities down. They don't help. They hurt cities. Uh, and so and how that happens is that's written in a 1994 law. Uh, it's written in a crime law. Not everything in that crime bill has been upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court. So this is another one to be shut down. There's no way it holds up with Supreme Court scrutiny, which is why the DLJ can never go to court. They've never had to go to court all the way through the process. They've either either stopped or they have gotten the department to sort of agree to something. Because if they ever went to court for the long haul, and let's say the DLJ won, which is hard to believe, but let's say they won, then that gets appealed all the way to the Supreme Court and it's over with. And so one or two things need to happen if if politicians care about their country. They need to vote that out of law. They need to write a law and just get rid of it. Or somebody somewhere needs to have the guts to go, that's unconstitutional. It's clearly unconstitutional when you read the Tenth Amendment. I'd encourage everybody to do it. You should all know the Bill of Rights. Uh, the, the, it's the federal government is subsidiary. It's secondary to local governments. That's what the Tenth Amendment says. Because our founding fathers knew the dangers. Well, I got so excited, I about flew off the handle. Because the founding fathers <laughs> knew the dangers of a strong federal government with power. And so that's what's that's. And so when you see these screwed up cities, I'd be looking around going, where's the federal government? Because that's typically what's happening in many of these cities that are out of control. Well, I, 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 so you've got me excited now. I so hope that somebody listening to this show that the seed is planted to where we can cover within it within a year or two that we can cover it, that exact story, Travis. How exciting would that be to watch that go through the process up to the uh, Supreme Court of the United States? Wow, that would be great. Well, hey, just like Travis mentioned, here's the important part of it: unconstitutional policing is not okay. Uh, excessive force, unreasonable acts. None of those things are okay, but the Department of Justice doesn't prove in any of these consent decrees that yep. the police department has engaged in unreasonable force or unlawful seizures or searches. They've never proven that, right? They've just alleged it. In fact, when the agencies say, hey, can you show this to us? They won't show it to them. And so, again, I'm not, I'm not about dirty cops. I'm not about poor policing, uh, but when you, when it comes down to it, Hey, just show us the proof. And the DOJ never does that. And right. as a result of the agencies crumbling, like you said, the murder rate shoots through the roof. If you're worried about excessive force or or, or the disproportionate stopping of young black men and brown men, um, listen, the murder rate is going to go through the roof in these cities. Morale plummets, crime skyrockets. And so what's the benefit having never been shown that this city or this agency is doing the wrong thing in the first place? Thanks. And right. Travis, you've looked at Alamance County, Alamance County, North Carolina. They were alleged to have had a pattern of practice of civil rights violations. Um, Alamance said, no, uh, take us to court. They took them to court and they lost.
The, the DOJ lost. Yeah, I would take it a step further. You know, the DOJ comes to town and these departments spend millions of dollars giving them all this information for the last 10 years. And then they use that same information to twist the facts and to allege things. Why are we even doing that? I mean, Phoenix has spent $6 million just playing the game. And when I talked earlier about we need to quit playing the game, that's what I'm talking about. You don't like what we're doing? Take us to court and prove it like everybody else is supposed to have to do. All right, guys, excellent stuff. Hey, it's time for our last commercial break, so stick with us. We will be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, still live from the Boss Hawk Studios in Plant City, Florida. So if we've exhausted the last topic, I would like to talk about Ashley Babbitt. That name should ring a bell to most people that are watching the show. I suspect that I might have a difference of opinion with our guests. We haven't talked about this before the show. Um, I know that uh, Corporal David D. Grester feels differently uh, than I do on the subject. So, um, and I do want to, you know, I don't want to, we got nine minutes before the show is over. I, I would like to get into a story with a video component too. So I'm just going to cover this update. We'll see where it goes. But at lawofficer.com, there is a $30 million lawsuit that has been filed on behalf of Ashley Abbott. Now, law officer uh, has been requesting the use of force policy for the United States Capitol Police for over two years, and they may just get to see it if they permit the shooting of a trespasser without a weapon after Judicial Watch filed a $30 million wrongful death lawsuit against the federal government for the Capitol Police shooting Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt. And, of course, she's the one that was in the uh, in the crowd uh, that was you know trying to get into the Capitol. Um, so the Washington Examiner reports that the suit was filed on behalf of Babbitt's estate and her husband, Aaron Babbitt, claims the officer who shot, shot Babbitt was incompetent and dangerous, should have uh, recognized Babbitt, posed no threat to Congress when she entered the House Speaker's lobby. And uh, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton shared on X, which is formerly Twitter, that we just filed an important lawsuit, a $30 million wrongful death lawsuit against the United States government on behalf of Ashley Babbitt's husband and her estate. And Ashley Babbitt was killed for no good reason that day, shot and killed by Lieutenant Michael Byrd, and unquote. So that was all quoted from the uh, suit. The suit claims that Babbitt was not a threat to lawmakers and that Byrd, uh, the lieutenant that shot and killed her, had a history of weapon mishaps. And it kind of goes into some stuff that um, he's done in the past um, that I'm not even going to bother to read because I, I want to kind of get to the nuts and bolts of this thing. So, um, so I'll just I'll just start this off with with my with my position. I I agree with law officer that it's critical to know what the rules of engagement are. What is their use of force policy, especially dealing with lethal force in a situation like this? Now I say that um, realizing that watching the video, um, putting myself in the shoes of the guys on the other side of this glass, we've got Ashley Abbott in an elevated position trying to break through 
My concern was just that once someone breaks through and you got a crowd of hundreds, if not thousands of people rushing the building, how can you protect members of Congress? Um, if the rules of engagement permitted him to do that, I would have pulled the trigger all day long and I would have slept. I, look, human life is, is a precious thing. I, I, I don't think the people should take it lightly. I would not as well. However, I would have slept soundly knowing that I saved people. I don't, I don't fault the lieutenant for using deadly force in the situation, but I don't have all the information because I don't know what the use of force policy was. But realizing that once they make entry into that building and the ability to stop them, you've got a dramatic change in, in tactics. Um, and tactically, they're at an advantage without them having penetrated the building yet. So from watching the video, putting myself in the shoes, that's where I'm at. I don't necessarily have a problem with what happened like some other people do. I won't hold it against the people on my show. If they, feel, they may feel differently. It makes for a better show. So, uh, so guys, I know you're, both your mics are muted. If you guys want to talk about it, great. If not, we'll go on to the one with the video component. So but that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. Um, Danny King. Yeah. So take what Chip says. I'm the opposite. <laughs> okay. We're no, there. no, 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 really. So I, I work in that field, um, use of force. All those facts matter. Right. And from what I've been able to uh, get offline or online, excuse me, there's there's conflicting information. Right. There's apparently officers standing behind uh, the officer that fired the weapon. And those officers, it was just everyday stuff for them. Maybe there were protesters on the other side. Uh, and then you look at the the side where Ashley Babbitt is. Um, and it, it looks like she's crawling through the window. It looks like she was warned multiple times. But ultimately, just like you talked about, I don't understand what's so secretive about their use of force policy. Uh, those policies matter. Now, I will tell you this. Within the Constitution of the United States and the Fourth Amendment, when you're talking about deadly force, it's not immediately apparent to me how that could be reasonable. Um, however, just like I mentioned before, I, I don't have any of the information. And quite honestly, I haven't looked into it. Uh, but if it's not a secret, it's not a secret. If we're talking about government transparency, release the policy, uh, let guys look at it and determine, you know, the appropriate people look at it with all the facts. Uh, but, you know, again, for whatever reason, the government's just not being transparent these days. So the facts matter. Yeah. The government's got a big issue with this chip because they have labeled all this a big insurrection, you know, a bunch of people with no guns, you know, half hillbilly, half people went to a political rally, the other half redneck, and then the other quarter FBI agents. They've all labeled this insurrectionist. <laughs> and so that's how they can justify killing an unarmed person that probably would have been charged with vandalism and trespassing. That's the vast majority of charges that's come out of that incident. There has not been one person charged with insurrection. There's not been, I mean, there's just been none of that happened. They just keep saying, I talked about words earlier and words matter. So if you say they killed an insurrectionist, a lot of people just go about their day. But if you go, well, what if Danny King or Travis Yates would have shut an unarmed trespasser going into city hall? How would that have played out? Right. Or unarmed trespasser at the governor's mansion. How would that have played out? And they've and they've said a lot of things on why that occurred. But the transparency is the key. If there's nothing wrong with this shooting, then why haven't we seen the use of force policy? No local agency would get away with not publishing that right on their website, by the way. It's there right now in all local agencies. But for some reason, the Department of Justice keeps that a secret because I and I, I have a feeling why. I have a feeling that if the use of force policy said we can shoot unarmed trespassers at the U.S. Capitol, they would have released the policy. But the policy doesn't say that you won't. And, and so 
also, they've told the story about Congress in session. Congress had been evacuated. There was only a couple ones that stood by. One was an Oklahoma congressman uh, that thinks he's still in the military that was hanging out, but they were all evacuated from that. And the other thing that's damning everything, by the way, the article, people need to read it. It goes into the officer's history of, and it's horrific, which is why I think they've also keep things a secret. If the facts are what they've been given to us now, which is not much, then I think they're going to have a lot to answer for. But here's the most telling piece of evidence they want to hide from you. You haven't seen the after action report from U.S. Capitol Police. Couldn't get away with that anywhere else. But you have seen the Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police after action report of the incident because standing in the background of Ashley Babbitt were Washington, D.C. Metro cops when the shooting happened. Sure. And they... They could not believe what just happened. They, when they went to their interviews, they, they, they said they found no reason why this happened. They, had, they were completely clueless on why this had happened. So they're there in the environment while it's happening. And when you talk about reasonableness, and Danny talks about that, they certainly didn't think it was reasonable. They certainly didn't understand what happened. But we've never heard uh, from this officer. And, and, you know, and, and it's hard to judge this completely because they've been so secretive. And once again, no other agency can get away with that. Uh, and so there's a lot of hypocrisy here and the hypocrisy smells to me like they're trying to hide something. And when people try to hide something, it typically means there's something not right. And if this trial, and they're going to have to have a lot of money to continue this trial because the government will try to bleed them out, or they may not actually, my prediction, I'll just give you the prediction right here. Uh, my prediction is the Patriots will not win a Super Bowl and yeah. this, yeah. this will never go to a jury trial because of jury trial. And in fact, it will probably never go to discovery. Because once that information's out, the whole world will know exactly what happened. The government can't have that happen. So there's liable to be, they'll either be a judge that just tries to throw this out and they'll sweat them out financially throughout the course of the years, or they'll just settle with them uh, without getting, because they, they cannot let this go to discovery, which is kind of the middle stages of this civil trial. Uh, because discovery, you'd get the policy, you'd get the text messages, you'd I get, get the training records. I, I agree that the information needs to come out. And, 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 and short of having all the information, what we what we what we're saying is really it's not conclusive, but it doesn't bother me that she's unarmed because you all you don't you know cops shoot unarmed people all day. We shoot guys in the back and completely justified and rightfully so. Um, you need to be in fear of great bodily injury or death. So it doesn't even have to. You don't have to be in fear that you're going to die. So, but the fact that she's breaching and allowing the crowd to breach is is, is what I am assuming would be the defense of the guy that pulled the trigger. A cop that is present, that doesn't see things from the view or from the eye of the guy that pulls the trigger and, and, and feels differently, that happens all the time. Yeah, I agree with you, Chip. And like I said, if that's the case, why the secret? Why the secrecy? If that's the case, then tell us. I think we'd understand that. Hey, I think Chip's locked up, so we're just going to go ahead and finish the show. Hey, thanks, everybody. Travis, we'll see you. Um, be good, Danny. You failed. You failed. Those of you in the <laughs> yeah, chat, those of you in the chat that thinks Danny should stay on the show, you're just wrong. You're just uh, like Chip today. You're just wrong. All right. Well, guys, <laughs> we are. Uh, we're at. We're out of time. Right with Danny. Danny, if you want to, if you want a couple seconds, I'll, I'll let you steal it from Randy Sutton's "The Wounded Blue." No, the, hey, the, listen. The, I thought you locked up, and I just took my moment of fame. Hey, I, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I'll ever return to this show. See you guys.
No. Oh. All right. Look, I do want to mention, I did seize up for a second, but the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org, a fantastic 501c3 started by Lieutenant Rainey Sutton, retired from Las Vegas Metro Police Department, helping cops out in the world of hurt, especially with things like PTSD. So please support and check out that organization. A shout out to our sponsors again, Gulls.com slash Leo, AFIR.com, Gumler.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.live, and also the free press at TampaFP.com, RedVoiceMedia.com. Thanks for the support. Hey, guys, great show. Thanks, Travis Chase, Travis Chase.org, American Patrolman with Danny King. Have a good day. <laughs>